I would say my number one um, piece of advice is if someone is exploring partnership or looking for partnership, um, that they really root into what their values are. I think values is a huge tool for me in branding and the work that I do. Um, and it's essential for just understanding how you show up in the world and how you navigate. You're listening to Poolside Podcast. This is episode number 107, and I'm your host, Rachel Anthony. I hope everyone is having a lovely Tuesday at home. I hope you are safe and healthy and socially distancing yourself so that hopefully we can come out of quarantine soon and hang out in public. But in the meantime, I appreciate everyone who has been listening to the podcast. I know podcast lessons are down even for myself because there is less driving, less commuting than before. And so there just isn't as much opportunity to listen to a podcast. So I fully appreciate everyone who is still tuning in every week to listen to me talk and share the story of my guests. And today I'm excited to have Tanya on the podcast. She is the brand director and partner of The Upside, which is Canada's largest online place to shop for and consign authenticated designer goods. Tanya on the podcast shares her journey of following love with consignment as a young girl through her mom and how she turned that passion into a business. And she gives advice for finding a business partner and why being true to your values is important in both business and life. We obviously talk about COVID and how it has affected the upside and her life in general, but also how they have evolved their campaigns and their marketing and their business during this time to sustain however long this is our current climate, but also to be able to thrive on the other side of this and she gives her advice for business owners that are obviously in the same boat as we all try to navigate through this climate um it's a great episode and i think it's important for people that are building brands building businesses want to start a business um and are just passionate about what they're doing right now or a side hustle that they want to start i think tanya's story is a great example of how she took something like consigning and thrifting and turned it into a business. Um, It's a great conversation. I love Tanya. We have known each other for a long time and she is the one that convinced me that consignment isn't that bad of a thing and it's worth upcycling for the sake of the environment. So slowly with her help, I have started buying more consignment and upcycling my own clothes. It's been a struggle, but I know it's for the best. And I give Tanya full credit for um, supporting me in this journey. So let's jump into it. Here is Tanya. Just start by introducing yourself and telling us what you do. My name is Tanya Puka. Um, I'm here, I'm a local Calgarian born and raised. And um, I guess the easiest way to describe what I do, um, I chase meaning. So what that means is I just, I work with brands to support them in communicating their message, communicating their story, getting that out there. Um, My official title is a brand strategist and communicator, but I'm also the brand director and partner of The Upside. Awesome. And yeah, we are... I mean, I'll have to do a second podcast and talk about branding and all of that because I also enjoy that, but we're really here to talk about the upside. Oh, yeah. Um, 
Do you want to share how you became interested in consignment and why upcycling clothes is so important to you? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I can remember from as, I guess as early as, oh my God, young, 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 and just thrifting. I think it was just an outlet for me as a young girl to see what was possible um, in terms of style and just really right away fell in love with fashion, fell in love with clothing, fell in love with, um, you know, the way that it was made, the details. Um, so that's really where I kind of started. I believe I had been introduced actually by my mom, which was pretty cool. She took me to Vespucci, which still exists. And that's where I got my grade nine grad dress. Um, it was just like this crazy, like flamboyant number, like metallic purple. And we got it all like detailed and tucked in and, and I never looked back. I loved it. Um, and then in terms of where I started my business, I actually started to host these clothing swaps with just some of my favorite best girlfriends. And we would just come together and um, the mandatory part of it was to bring a bag of clothes and you'd have to bring out every single piece and talk about where it came from, how you found it. Um, and I just, yeah, it was just so fun because then we would all you know, we would play prices, right rules and like bid on what we wanted. And um, at the end of the day, there was always a pile of great items that just no one had the space for, no one had the need for. So, you know, it was a combination of things like I wanted to experience consignment in a certain way. And I wanted to, um, I wanted that to be a really curated experience. And then I also just started to collect pieces from these swaps that I decided to start a consignment company. So that's kind of how it was, how it began, the origin story. When was that? Like how many years ago would you say that was? Oh, officially, it probably is close to, I think it was five. Yeah, I started in 2015. Wow, mm -hmm. time flies. <laughs> time flies, I know, and you have a special place in that. I know, <laughs> which was going to be the next question, and it's the misconceptions about consignment. And I remember our first conversation, I was like, I hate consignment. I don't buy consignment. I only buy new things. I just, I will never be okay with that. And so. I know, and I was like, me, you want to write for the blog? Uh, what? <laughs> like, well, I like you as a person, so maybe I'll just get around the, like, consignment part of it. <laughs> I remember you were so grossed out. It was so cute. And I, yeah, I mean, that was such a perfect, it's a perfect example of what I think so many women experience or express around consignment. Um, I think it's really shifted in the last little while, but um, yeah, just this like dodgy experience for people, I think is the best way to think about it. Um, and, you know, in some cases, that's the experience they've had and they're not wrong. And I think that was the major reason why I was so passionate about doing something different um, and elevating that experience. Um, that's the misconception is that you're only going to get this, you know, rack, like millions of racks that you have to search through that, you know, it's a smorgasbord of quality and, you know, condition and all of these things. Um, but what's really nice about our world, I think that there is a shift and I think that there is you know, access to a more curated, a more exciting, a more elevated experience. So that's definitely something that I think we're bringing with the upside. And I'm super excited about that. Totally. Well, and even in the last five years, I feel like it's shifted a ton 
Um, and I'm sure you have that with even marketing what you're doing. You probably don't have to convince as many people that this is where they should be buying their clothes from because that's the world, like you said, is just changing. Um, mm-hmm. I even sometimes buy consignment now, so that's a huge step. <laughs> I know you bought some things for me too back in the day. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're transitioning slowly but surely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I think it's just, I think that there's, it's a time for people to reconsider the length or the, you know, the timeline of their pieces. And if there's a better home, a better life for them, rather than just letting them go or checking them out or whatever. And I think it's opened up a new way to shop too, which is so exciting. It's something that we refer to as um, a circular economy, which is awesome. Totally. Yeah. It's this idea that items um, last a lot longer in the, in the system versus more of a linear economy, which is what we're very used to. So. Right. Yeah. And I think people are starting to understand that with not only with clothes, but with like grocery bags and like all like the straws and like, there's been a lot of um, the reuse and recycle happening. So I think that clothes is just natural progression for people. Yeah, totally. Um, And so you talked a little bit about starting your consignment store and starting the business. Um, so how did it evolve and grow? So was it like word of mouth? Um, how did that really work for you? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was funny. It was, I really got a kickstart from uh, being at Market Collective, which was incredible. That was, and if, if listeners aren't aware, Market Collective is an incredible place um, for makers to, I guess, showcase what they do, showcase what they make. Um, and for me, I just, I was pop-up based. I was event based. I started with nine events in my first year, which was, which felt like a lot. Um, and then I moved to about 22 in my second year. So doubled, doubled my events. Um, and it just, it kind of grew through uh, word of mouth. Uh, social media was huge. That was I, I, my predominant channel and then website. And yeah, it was funny at the time that I was considering, you know, putting everything in it was a side business at the time um I knew I wanted to go online I knew I wanted to take my concept online and at the same time I was approached by Lauren Vaughn from the upside so she's the founder co-founder um she has uh well we are a partnership of four and um yeah she took me for coffee and we just hit it off and I was so impressed with her um ability to just be honest and and transparent and you know she was very much about collaboration and and she valued what I had built with Fond and so she said you should we should do this together and at the time I completely agreed and I it was it was a no-brainer just an easy decision so yeah it kind of kicked it off there. No that's awesome and how joining forces with someone who obviously was in the industry as well how did that change the way did it did it change the way you looked at the business or how you wanted to run the business um what were some of the things that you picked up from her that I mean you obviously came together but transformed how you looked at the business oh yeah I mean I think what I really was inspired by was you know here she was just taking this dream and making it happen it was actually very inspiring for me it was the idea of jumping out and doing retail entirely felt scary. So knowing that, you know, this was something that she had already done and she had already taken that risk. I think that was such a 
a powerful and empowering moment because it actually made me believe that, you know, I could do this dream too, which was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, I think that that's, that's what shifted for me is just being really aware of what was possible um, and also possible through partnership and, um, you know, honesty and yeah, we, it's just been great in terms of the potential. I think when, when that transition occurred too, I was able to really kind of step in and, and do what I'm meant to do, which is, you know, brand. Sorry about that. Okay. I'll, just, I'll turn off my, you know, you're going to have to cut this part. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, you know, there was so much runway there um, to be able to kind of come in and say, hey, I think we should consider this. And I think we should, you know, move to models. And hey, I think we it's time for a rebrand. And, you know, I really felt as though that was supported the whole time. And it's interesting and amazing to see what those shifts are, are capable of, too. Um, you know, we were able to grow immensely in the, the first year. We were able to grow social and um, establish a really... Um, seamless and beautiful platform online and you know which is a never-ending never-ending work is online e-commerce if anyone is listening who has an online shop they know what I'm talking about um, but yeah so I think it was just the possibility the opportunity and possibility just really felt endless as soon as I made that step which was so exciting right and then you have someone there to support that as well so you don't you feel like you're doing it together as opposed to I'm sure lots of business owners can relate to not really knowing what they're doing and not having anyone else to like ask anything about yeah and I mean that's an interesting concept and, and yeah that's where partnership is really really special um but I also think it's funny it's like you look around and there are so many people like that like you mentioned who are maybe in it in it over their heads or whatever and not knowing where to go or where to turn but I bet you like any other entrepreneur would say, I'm available if you want to chat. You know, I wish, I wish, and I hope, and I also extend the invitation. Like if anyone wants to talk about these things, conversation is a, such an important sounding board for being an entrepreneur, because if you don't reach out and if you don't connect, you're going to feel alone. Of course, you're going to feel alone. There's no one there who's going to be patting you on the head, telling you you're doing a good job. Right. So I guess that's the power of being maybe on your own, but being together with other entrepreneurs. I really feel like there's a community in Calgary. You know, I don't know about you, but I'm sure you do too. It's such an important part, I think, of why we're here in the city. Totally. And I think once you start reaching out to people, you kind of like Calgary, like you said, is very supportive. You kind of get like sucked into, and then all of a sudden everyone you're talking to is entrepreneur. And you, so you end up in the community without even like, aren't entrepreneurs because you're so like involved with everybody who's kind of in the same space um so yeah it's definitely I think more people should reach out I think people are intimidated a lot of the time to just like even just send a quick dm and just like ask because I feel like there's a lot of rhetoric out there that you don't want to waste someone's time or anything but I think it doesn't hurt to even just send a quick email oh my god yeah and I mean like I'm sure everyone feels this way it's like you don't know until you know and you are going to make a hell of a lot of mistakes like there are 
there's so much learning to be done and you can't be an expert at everything. And I think like that's what's really special about partnership too, especially when you have a team who has a different skill set, you know, and you really can be stronger together. Like that's what I think is so valuable if you have the right mix too. So yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. And what advice uh, would you give for someone who's looking for a business partner? Um, Cause you've obviously got lucky with it. I'm sure there's lots of people that haven't had so much luck. So is there anything specific that you think people should ask or talk about or just like find in a person to be a partner? Oh man, that's such a good conversation. I feel as, as I feel as though the best way to start a partnership is honestly to, to look at them like they're going to be your boyfriend or girlfriend for the next <laughs> however long. Like honestly, that's what it's like, you know? You spend most days talking with these people and connecting and touching base. Um, it's a it's a relationship like and it's you know it's and it's ever evolving too I think that's the really special thing about partnership is um you you get to know a person you can only get to know a person over time uh you start to see the nuances and like what really makes a person tick after experience you can do your best about trying to be upfront about everything but it does take the time and the experience I would say my number one um piece of advice is if someone is exploring partnership or looking for partnership um, that they really root into what their values are. I think values is a huge tool for me in branding and the work that I do um, and it's essential for just understanding how you show up in the world and how you navigate. Um, so as long as your values are in some ways aligned, I mean and if they're in all ways aligned even better but as long as they're aligned i think that you're going to be able to operate and maneuver from a place of integrity and and also just really get you know and, and also just align with that partner in a really really natural and organic way so that's that's where i would say is number one because you can have the talks about well how do you deal with conflict or like how do, how do these things come up um and everyone's different in those capacities and you just like you actually just learn how to work together like it's part of the experience but values are essential for alignment yeah what matters to you you know yeah totally um and i think that leads into what we are going to talk about next which is the current climate of covid and i think this there's probably lots of business partners i mean just relationships in general that have <laughs> had to deal with the stress of what's happening right now. So how has that affected your business? Um, how you and Lauren have worked together? What, just give me an overall thoughts on the current situation. Yeah, I mean, wow, it just, it just came out of nowhere, didn't it? I mean, that was really interesting. That was a, when, when this all hit, I think we just had to really re-prioritize um, because, you know, we were, heading into a, a fundraise round and no one's going to be given money right now. That's for sure. <laughs> so um, we had to recalibrate and we had to look internal and see where we could really um, minimize expense, minimize costs. Um, there was a lot of sacrifice that had to be made, especially from, you know, Lauren and, and the partnership team. And uh, just to make sure that things would float and stick around and stay um, but most important, I think we just had to kind of dig in and ask 
you know, what do our clients and our customers really need right now? What do they care about? And, and what's going to offer value in a time where, you know, it's, it's hard to grasp and it feels scary and it feels unsure. Um, so we've, we've done a few things that I'm so excited about. I think the coolest initiative that we launched out of this um, was the work from home giveaway that we do. So we do a uh, weekly outfits that we give away to someone who um, connects through our social media, through our Instagram channel, and they um, basically say why they think they would love um, an outfit, and they also tag a woman specifically who would benefit as well, and then we gift the outfit. Um, so yeah, that's just been really interesting and amazing to kind of see those comments come through of just the women who are like, you know, a pick me up would be so great right now. I've been on the front lines and I haven't had a day off in, you know, 30 days. It's just, it's just incredible to see um, what, what people are sacrificing and going through right now. So that's been really amazing. Um, we started offering a virtual closet edit, which was really a great way to kind of connect with the women that we would spend time with, you know, in the flesh, but be able to sit with them um, virtually and just help them go through their closet in terms of you know what they should keep what they should you know donate consign that kind of thing um and then yeah i think it's just you know women are still going to want to shop as well i mean we have noticed that that's still something people really value and that's reassuring and i think the fact that we're aligned and we are sustainable and we are envir environmentally conscious really helps um, us kind of stay relevant in a time where maybe some of the fluff gets dropped you know we, I, I just saw it come through like Neiman Marcus filed for bankruptcy today wow. like that's a huge department store you know and just knowing that these these shifts are having like astronomical impacts on the companies you think would stick around forever so I think it's just about being nimble knowing your customer knowing what they need Totally. Well, and I think everyone, like there's been lots of like reports and studies and opinions that have come out that people have now realized what they want to spend their money on and what they need to spend their money on. And I think like me and Marcus are like some of your impulse mall shopping. We, everyone's realized that it's really unnecessary because we haven't been able to do it and no one has died because of that. <laughs> so <laughs> I know. Yeah. Right. You're going to be okay if you don't have like that shirt in the fifth color that, you know, <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah i know the excess is really it's really dropped hasn't it <laughs> and how do you feel about the influx of clothes that are going to come your way once everyone mm -hmm. has gone through their closet like 700 times before this is over <laughs> oh my god we're so excited like that's what we are looking for it's a perfect time right it's a perfect time to like question the the you know old blazer you've had in your closet for five years it's collecting dust you know it's just it is the time to like let things go. So I think we're really excited and that's what our business is about. You know, it's giving women a place where they can actually retain, you know, value for things that they, they did spend good money on hard earned money on. I, I think as a woman myself, it's, that is empowerment when I can feel like I can retain something back. Um, that's why I love the consignment model too, is it actually, it makes luxury so much more approachable for all types of women, but then it also gives them a benefit to shopping and spending a little bit more on quality and so that it lasts and it sticks around, you know, those are great things. So helps the world go around, you know. <laughs>
Totally. And is there any advice you would give as a business owner to small business owners to navigate right now, but also prepare themselves to make it through this and come out the other end? Yeah, I definitely would. I think it's kind of driving back to that idea of just knowing your customer and just really asking yourself the tough question of, you know, are we truly adding value? Um, or is this easy to replicate? Can someone else really do this well? And we don't have to think about it. You know, I think being competitive, um, staying nimble, uh, staying adaptable, you know, not, not fearing having to let go of the of the thing that wasn't working and you just didn't have an excuse, you know what I mean? Like whether it's, you know, a, a client that was holding you back or, but the relationship is a long one or an employee that maybe just isn't growing in their position. Right. It's like really kind of stepping back, looking at the big picture and asking, are we, are we showing up in the way, in the best way that we can right now? And are we servicing the people that need what we're offering? And you know, and we're, are we doing it well, if not better than our competitors? I think thinking about that. And then I think it also roots back to those values, right? Sometimes people are doing all the right things. They're, you know, offering great things, but it doesn't fuel them inside. And I think that's when they're out of alignment with their values. And that's a really good time to check in. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's important. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I think lots of people, like you just mentioned, have thought about everything, kind of reorganized their life and have changed the way they've done things. So what has changed for you in terms of business, but also life that you want to keep moving, keep with you moving forward in post COVID? Oh man, Rachel, I feel like you'll also align with this, but like moving my body in my home has never been a thing for me like I just you know for me I'm like I have to get out to the gym or I've got to go to a trainer or I've got to make this work you know and actually spending lots of time and money on like group fitness or or a trainer specifically and I actually think in this time I've been able to like reroute or redirect my my connection to fitness which has been really interesting like now I find that I'm more I'm more impulsed to go move every day if I'm just on a mat you know what I mean in the middle like in my bedroom my bedroom office workout room (laughs) because I live in a 450 square foot apartment it's tiny um but yeah I feel like that's really cool and I think that that's something that I really want to keep just knowing that that's like such a it's actually more than just about physical agility it's like so mental for me too but you get the benefits of both Um, And there's something about showing up every day for it. Like that's something that I really love. So I think that's key. Um, I don't know, like we were talking about earlier, like I just feel like I'm busier than I've ever been before. (laughs) So I don't know about keeping that. (laughs) Um, Although no complaints, just like it feels a little like nutty. Um, I think just, I just think like what I what I've noticed is just thinking about what truly matters is a little bit more top of mind for me. How about you? Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with everything. Although I have a really hard time motivating myself to work out in my workout team. Do you really? Yeah, which oh, I th- man, I, 
I know, which I is, was surprising to me, but I just, I think I need the, like, I have to go to it to have the, like, I'll, like I like, really like doing yoga now because I, I was like, oh, I should start doing yoga. And then I was like, I can't pay more money to do yoga. So having online yoga has been amazing. So I do that more often. I actually just go for really long walks now, like with my dog, which always seemed like such a hassle before because I was like, I don't have time to like walk, but now that's usually what I've been doing. And we have like a gym downstairs that I use like once or twice a week, but like, I mean, once everything opens up, like I will be at spin and I'll be at the gym. So <laughs> I know it's going to come back, but at home it's been really hard. Um, but I think it's the like slowing down and being more mindful, which is the walks and, um, mm-hmm. I, same thing. I've been super busy and I think, I don't even know how I live my life before. I was like, I couldn't do what I was doing before and be this busy. Like I just, it won't be physically possible. So um, <laughs> I've started reevaluating what I want to spend my time doing. And I've actually got rid of this end of this month. Hopefully none of my clients are listening, but uh, there's a couple of them that are, <laughs> the end is near. So just like realizing what I want to be spend my time on because now that it's just like this weird endless time that we have in our house like it just feels like never ending um you have to choose what you want to be doing with it so that's been big for me oh yeah oh my god totally right and I feel like it's so it's so shared I think that that's something that everyone is talking about right now and it's it's really refreshing that's the pot like that's the silver lining out of all of this I really find is there's a shift like there's a whole like a massive shift it's good time yes <laughs> Um, and once we get out of COVID, uh, what's next for the upside? And do you want to kind of explain, I feel like we never really actually said what the upside is. Do you want to just give us like, is it concise? Yeah. Just a little elevator pitch of what the upside is. The upside is, uh, Canada's leading, um, online consignment company. We specialize in designer luxury goods. We have over 200 labels and we only are are um, collecting like new pieces and in amazing quality and condition. So you're guaranteed to be able to look up online and check out what we have. And it's either in immaculate to, you know, gently loved. So anything that we carry or curate, not covered in pills, not overworn. Honestly, this stuff is like gems. It's amazing. In terms of what's coming up in the future for us, some exciting stuff. So we are opening a retail location in Calgary. We have had a warehouse traditionally or historically, I guess, but this space is super exciting because we're going to have a showroom as well as a warehouse. Um, So very similar uh, kind of shop model where you can come in and you can check out, you know, our best pieces. But if you're looking for something in particular, you can pick up one of our handy little iPads and search through our whole collection because everything is online. We can set you up in a fitting room and with all the pieces that you want to try on and we can just go for it, which is great. So that's opening so soon. We are, we just moved in. We are just in the middle of kind of getting all of the bells and whistles set up. And then I would assume given the times, we're going to be open for private shopping pretty soon. So everyone should stay, stay tuned. Check us out on shoptheupside.com or on um, Instagram at shoptheupside. You can look for directions there. We're in the Demcor building in Calgary. And of course, as I mentioned, everything is online. So uh, you can search by size, price, um, designer, all of it. Very shoppable, lovely site to check out. 
Yes. And sign up for the newsletter because it sends, I don't know how often you send that, but I feel like I'm just like, Oh, what else is there? And it's a great graphic newsletter to figure out what you need to buy. <laughs> yeah. So we, we do, we have a great newsletter. It's, I promise you, it's only the best. We love to, I guess the thing that's so exciting about what we do is we always have new arrivals. So that's something that we're often sending through and, and letting people know what's up. So sign up for our newsletter as well. Okay, two more questions to kind of wrap it up. Um, is there a book or podcast that you would recommend either business related or just entertainment value? Oh man, yes, definitely. I love the 10% Happier podcast. I don't know if you've heard of that one with Dan Harris. Um, <clears throat> that one seems great. It just covers all sorts of topics around just general like mindfulness and life living and just being a happier human. Um, I love Mark Groves. He is a human connection specialist. He's also, um, lucky enough, one of our clients. He's a wonderful guy and super vibrant personality. So fun to listen to. And he just really speaks on, you know, how to strengthen relationships and how to develop connection and, you know, all the things, all the good things that I love. And I'm actually really excited to dive into The Big Leap. This is a recommendation from Mandy Balak um, by Gay Hendricks. I'm super excited about that one. Um, I'll probably get it on audiobook, not going to lie, but because reading is hard to find the time for these days, but that's my next on my list. Love it. Um, and then last question, which is not actually written down because I didn't include it, but um, what is your definition of success? Oh, man. God, has this changed over the years? Um, I think I think success is being able to look at yourself in the mirror and just feel like rooted, good, whole. First thing that came to mind. So that's what that's what it is. Yeah, and I think success changes. I think. For me and I think for others just knowing that what may feel like success today could be different tomorrow and that's okay totally what I think like you've mentioned this whole podcast it ties into your values and determining those and those evolve so mm -hmm. you've got it girl you don't need my help <laughs> <laughs> no that was great um thanks for coming on here and like I said I'll come we'll, you'll come back on we can do a branding marketing deep dive next time Oh yeah, I would love to pick your brain and all of those things. Oh yes, and then my personal, before I forget, Tawny P with a W, T-A-W-N-Y P on Instagram. Follow me. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Rachel. So fun.